y'all. You're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. Hello and welcome, my friends. It is me, your host, Lexi. Um, We are doing another installment of um, IFS therapy. So I'm going to give a little breakdown of what happened in my latest therapy session and kind of talk through, um, you know, some of the revelations that I came to. Um, So... I started medication a few weeks um, ago, a new medication, and have been feeling really, really good um, since I started taking it. And then, um, you know, I was getting to the point. So this therapy session took place about a week before Christmas, um, maybe a little more, um, like a week and a day, so not much. But um, it's the busy season for me at work right now, like very busy season. Um, well, it was, it's kind of hard for me to keep track of all of this because now I'm going to be releasing episodes like way after I recorded them. But anyway, so like leading up to Christmas is the busiest time of the year for my job. Um, I am a framer. I have lots of presents that people are coming for, um, and it's it can be a lot so starting this new medication was kind of a gamble because in the past um you know I've had really difficult transitions into medication um and this time it seemed to be pretty okay however even with this new medication um you know I was still kind of struggling um with my workload So I don't have a really reliable team, um, and I think that that's not unique to my job. I think it's a lot of retail positions um, at corporations where, um, where, you know, that people don't necessarily need the job to survive. Some people have it as a a part-time gig. And a lot of the kids, a lot of the employees are kids, they're teenagers or very young college students. Um, And so, you know, it kind of makes sense that people would not be as committed to the job. Um, And especially around the busy season, it's, it's difficult if that's the case. You know, if you have people you can't rely on, you have people that are calling out constantly, Um, and this is also not like, I am not blaming these people. It is the culture at my workplace. Um, you know, historically nothing has happened. If people were calling out constantly, there's no consequences. Um, everyone kind of gets to do what they want. So then a a bunch of people will call out and the like four people that are always there, myself included, will have to pick up all the slack. And it's really difficult to do that. 
Um, especially when you're working 12 to 14 hour days and um, six days a week <laughs> and doing almost all of the work in your department by yourself. So setting up to this therapy session a little bit where, um, you know, I was, you know, I was doing okay, but I was getting really fucking frustrated with my employees. And as the manager, like it is, it is my job to change the culture, but like, I'm also new to a management position. I'm new to learning how to uh, lead a department. And so I'm still learning. Um, so, you know, I got to work and, or I got to this therapy session and was feeling really stressed. First of all, because I don't like doing therapy during the work day. It is really stressful for me. I don't know what's going to come up in therapy. If it's going to be something I'm going to feel okay. Um, you know, going back to customer facing, like fake Lexi, um, because that's really hard to 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 turn that switch off. Um, and so I don't like doing it during the day. However, like I, my therapist is booked out really far in advance, like at least over a month, um, sometimes two. And so it's hard to get appointments. So if like I have an appointment with her, it's really difficult to reschedule it. Um, so historically, Tuesdays have been my days off. So I had scheduled it for every other Tuesday because I plan on doing therapy every other week. And then it was this week was leading up to Christmas. So it was our busiest week. I didn't take any days off that week. Um, and so I was at work and I had therapy in the middle of the day. So, you know, I don't have a private space to do this therapy session. I've done it before in the break room and then I got interrupted and I didn't feel comfortable. Um, and you know, if it's not a private space, then I'm like not allowed to have a therapy session there. Um, so then, you know, one time I did it in the cash office, which is fine. It's like a, a locked room within our office, um, that only managers have access to. And that would have been a, a good alternative. However, our safe lady was supposed to come that day. And like, that means that people would be needing to go into the cash office and getting things, i.e. interrupting the therapy session. So um, what I've done for a, a few appointments, my work wife has a vehicle and I have her, I ask her if I can sit in it. Um, so I go and I sit in her car and do my session and then I go back to work. And the last few times that I've done therapy in her vehicle, um, I've had issues with my audio. So I kind of expected that going in. And then this time I couldn't get it to work. No matter what I did, I couldn't get it to work. First, I couldn't get the link into my telehealth session to work. So I'm already stressed because I can't get that to work. I'm texting my therapist. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I can't get in the room. Then I get in the room and she can't hear me and I can't hear her. And turns out my headphones, like I knew they would, had connected to the car because um, she had like a car play feature because um, it's, you know, winter, it's cold. I needed the heat on. Um, so couldn't get my headphones to work and I'm starting to get really frustrated. And like, this is, I'm like three weeks on my new medication, haven't really had any meltdowns um, in a while because this medication is working 
And I felt myself starting to hit that point where I was having a meltdown. You know, I'm on the phone with her trying, like, I keep disconnecting the sound. I keep disconnecting the audio. I keep disconnecting my headphones. I restarted the telehealth app. Like, nothing was working. And it was super frustrating. And my therapist is so great because she knows that I get really upset if things don't work according to plan. And she's really good at being calm and 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 reassuring and like even though I can't hear her I can see her on the video and she's smiling and she's like it's fine like it's okay like I can see her saying it's okay and I'm starting to panic and I'm starting to cry um so I don't know what it was that I was able to fix it but eventually I was able to fix it um and get into the sound. And so then it's like the whole therapy session, we're talking about people at work, uh, my manager, and then someone who's underneath me that um, refuses to listen is so insubordinate. Um, He's very misogynistic, very sexist, and basically doesn't really listen to anybody unless they have a dick. Um, So like I have been telling him and asking him to do things that are, you know, company policy or or what have you, and they just get ignored. And I've been ignored for months. And um, and I've been like, you know, this person is breaking rules. They're committing um, egregious time theft. They're um, getting high while they're working. Like, all sorts of things that should be fireable offenses. Um, and, like, we've talked to him about multiple things multiple times like you need to make sure coming in whenever he wants like no call no showing leaving whenever he wants taking two hour breaks like um yelling and cursing out managers like there is a whole plethora of issues that we have spoken to him about and you know they continue to happen and then it's so then the conversation turns to well you know it's not in my control it's in my manager's control and like I have done everything I can up to this point. And now I just have to deal with this person who is very disrespectful, very sexist, you know, doesn't think that he needs to listen to me as his manager. And then my manager is not supporting me in it. Granted, it's Christmas time. Our store is a mess. Like there are huge problems in our store, just like, because we didn't have a manager for a few months, um, at the beginning of 2023. And then we've had three managers in the span of a year. And, um, you know, we got our new manager, um, or our current manager while like right before they went on vacation that had already been planned. And so they, you know, went on vacation and things are getting worse. Like we were running the store by ourselves, which is doable, but it's also difficult because we are all not trained on how to do store manager things. Um, people were working outside of their, um, their pay grade and outside of their position to just keep the store running. And like, so I know that not all of the attention can be put on this one person in this one issue. However, I get told all the time that the frame shop is where most of the money is made. That is where most of our income comes, um, like most of our profit. 
anyway, because it's the materials are relatively inexpensive. And then the jobs that we do are really complicated and really complex and thus are very expensive. So, you know, you would think that the department that is bringing in the most of the money would be a priority. It is not. Um, So, you know, I'm filling my therapist in on all of this, you know, telling her where I'm at, what I'm feeling. And she's used this analogy with me before and it's, it didn't really hit right. Um, or the way I think she wanted it to initially and that's okay. Um, but the analogy is that, you know, work, my job, I can kind of view it as a relationship. Um, you know, I have this person or in this case, this job that like is in my life and, you know, I have needs and it has needs and like there's boundaries that need to be set. And so in that view of things, it, it makes sense. Like, oh yeah, you can view it as a relationship and like, oh, well, if I were dating this person and they were taking all of my time and making me feel stressed out and all sorts of X, Y, Z, like whatever it is that I'm bringing up in therapy, She's like, would you um, still stay with that person? Like, would you still be in a relationship with them? And I got really defensive the first time she brought this up. And I was like, no, it's not like a relationship, though, because, like, I can survive without a partner. Like, I don't need a partner. I can be alone. And I don't need that in order to survive. But I do need this job. And it's not like if I break up with somebody, I have to immediately go find a new partner like I do with a job. Like, you can't not have a job in this day and age. So, um, you know, you know, I get really defensive and I'm like, no, that isn't the way it is. Like, I, I need this job. I don't need a relationship. And she's like, okay, but you do need some relationships. And she's like, we're social beings. And, and, you know... She let me have my moment, right? So now when she brings it up again that, like, your job is like a relationship, she changes the way that she approaches it with me. And so she's like, so it's a shared relationship, right? The job doesn't own you, and you don't own the job. So trying to look at it as if it is a relationship. Okay, so... um. It's no secret that I work at Michael's. I'm pretty sure I've said it before. So for the the case of this example, my therapist actually called this person that I was in a relationship with Michael, right? Okay. So theoretically, I because I learn best with analogies and with situational, um, you know, learning, um, So she said, for, you know, this hypothetical, we're going to pretend you're in a polyamorous relationship and you have this person named Michael that you're in a relationship with. And Michael makes you really stressed out. And Michael, uh, you have meltdowns when you're with Michael a lot and you feel like there are unfair expectations placed on you. And there are some benefits that come from being with Michael. You know, you get a paycheck, which... Um, you know, in this example, we'll say like he, he spoils you, like he buys you things, he helps pay your bills, but he also makes you go crazy and makes you want to pull your hair out. 
So she was like, you know, why don't you look at it as setting boundaries and then you decide to set some boundaries and and then decide if you're going to stay. Um, and, and I was like very stuck on the fact I was like, but you know, if I set boundary, I was like, I care too much. I care too much about this job and that is my problem. And I don't know how to care less. And she took a immediately was like, no, it's not that you don't care if you're setting boundaries. Setting boundaries does not mean you care less. If anything, it might mean that you care more because you want that relationship to stay healthy and you want to protect your peace while being in that relationship. And that was a really hard thing for me to hear. You know, I'm like, well, if I'm not putting in all of my effort and energy, then I obviously don't care enough. If I leave early, I don't care. If I take time off, I don't care. Very black or white thinking, which is, as we know, something that I'm very prone to. We continued talking and I was like, I realized that I end up internalizing a lot of my problems at work. At work, any problems that we run into are my problems my responsibility to fix them, my responsibility to, um, you know, figure out how to get past that issue alone. And this was not something that it was easy for me to come to. We, we talked for a while and I was like, well, you know, if this happens, then, uh, you know, we'll be behind and then we'll be behind and then people will get their things late. And then that looks poorly on me. And then it also, you know, affects our shop, um, stats and our metrics. And then that in turn affects, you know, my pay raise and my bonuses and all of that sort of stuff. And so I have a really hard time separating that, you know, well, yes, it is my department, not every single thing is my responsibility or that I have to be the end all be all in taking responsibility for that. Um, what she helped me realize is, um, you know, I have a part of myself and it's not me that internalizes these problems. It's not me as self, which she's always quick to point out because it's, um, you know, it's, it's not me that is a problem. It is a part of me that is traumatized and that is responding in this way because it thinks that it is protecting me or that it is helping me. Um, and you know, there is a part of me that internalizes all of the problems at work. And so she tasked me with, you know, why, what's going on with this part? And, you know, so we start to bring awareness to it, which is really the first step. And it's one of the harder steps. Um, and you know, I didn't solve this problem in one therapy session. We started talking about it. Um, and you know, as I'm doing therapy and I, I've done a few of these episodes already where like my, um, you know, we discover a part and we kind of talk through it and we, we do some work on that. But like the problem isn't solved. 90% of the time when I am discovering that there is a part of me, it is really just becoming aware of it. Like noticing that it exists, noticing when it shows up, noticing what that feels like, and then 
after that, then we can start doing some work with it. You know, we can try to make that part feel more comfortable. We can try to talk to that part. We can try to see what that part needs. But until I know that part exists, I can't do all of that hard work that goes along with healing. Um, And so this was a new part that we hadn't really talked about or that we hadn't really introduced ourselves to. Um, And this... This part was so overwhelmed. It's so overwhelmed. And this is the part of me that I think shows up when I'm at work, that thinks that everything has to be on my shoulders, that I have to have it together all the time, that like, despite all of these challenges and, and obstacles and things in my way, I'm still somehow supposed to run a perfect shop without any issues. And this part is so, so overwhelmed. And one thing that we talked about is that this attitude of, I have to internalize it, all of these problems must be my problems, it may have helped me at one point. And, you know, we don't really know, we haven't figured out when it may have helped me like that, what the situation was. But at one point, there was a time that taking everything on was a way to control and a way to have some control over, um, you know, a life and a situation where I didn't have a lot of control, um, you know, when I was being abused, when I was a child, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so this may have helped me at one point, but it doesn't serve me anymore. And so, you know, in, in acknowledging that this part exists, you know, I want to let this part know that I'm here for it. And so she's talking me through it and she's like, okay, so, you know, if you, if you let this part know that you're here and you tell them that you see them and that you're here for them, like what sort of feelings come up? And, you know, I got really overwhelmed, like with emotion and I felt uncomfortable and I felt like I was being seen or this part of me felt like it was being seen for the first time in, you know, I don't know how long. Um, and, and that is the first step in this is like bringing awareness to it and acknowledging that it's there because then as we, you know, move through therapy, the more part, so like, um, the way that my therapist has, has said this is we are like creating a map. Um, and again, this is a really hard concept for me to grasp because I am very concrete. I have a hard time thinking in abstracts. Um, and this is a really abstract concept because she's like, oh, well, you know, we're not actually going to draw out a map. It's not like, you know, this part lives here and this part lives here. It's like these parts are dynamic and they all show up at different times and different things trigger them. And um you know, the more aware of them we are, the more easily we can handle when they show up. And so I have to build that muscle of bringing awareness to these parts. Um, and, and so like when she was asking me what, what sorts of feelings came up, I just felt really overwhelmed. I felt almost embarrassed. And it's like that part was so used to not being seen and just kind of doing everything behind the scenes and taking everything on that like it was really overwhelming to be like, oh, hey, 
I'm not alone in this. And there is someone out there looking out for me, the self, right? And my therapist and and some other parts. And it was really emotional. Like I started crying. Um, I didn't really have anything to say to Teresa. So yeah. Um, and you know, while we were sitting there, she's like, okay, so what does this part, you know, after I acknowledge it and I say that I see it and that I'm making space for it, she's like, you know, does this part feel anything? Are they saying anything? What's coming up? And again, this happened a week ago now from the time that I'm recording. So it's, it's challenging to remember exactly what happened because I'm like in therapy and I'm trying to do this work and then also take notes on it so that I can go and look at it later. And I have written down that the part said something. So, you know, while I'm sitting there, and that's the thing too, is it like, it feels really silly and, and I feel really silly and she's like, okay, so what does this part say? And it's not like I'm having a conversation with somebody. Like I am literally sitting there like eyes pointed up, like thinking, and like having an internal conversation with myself. And and so that that has gotten has taken a lot of getting used to as well. Like it's a little uncomfortable to just sit there and and have her stare at me and I feel like I have to come up with the right answer and that, you know, is a part of me that feels like there's an answer and there's a script and all of this sort of stuff. So um and you know, the same part of me that wants the concrete map where I can like fill it in like a family tree sort of thing. Like that's not how this works. Like I said, everything is dynamic. All these parts are dynamic. We all ebb and flow with different situations. And so the little conversation that we had was like, you know, I told this part, like, I see you, I'm here for you. Like, what do you need? And the part responded with the more that I do and the harder that I work, the better that you feel, you as the self, you as in me, like as in my, me, my everyday version of myself. And, you know, we didn't do anything much more than saying, you know, I know that you're protecting me. Thank you for that. We didn't try to tell it that it doesn't need to do that. We didn't try to um, talk it out of doing what it's doing. We acknowledged what it's doing and we thanked it for what it's doing. And then that made me cry even more because, you know, that part of me that has been doing all of this work and, and showing up and doing more so that I feel better and less stressed has never really been acknowledged, has never really been thanked. Is just kind of doing this stuff behind the scenes. And it was very emotional and overwhelming to, to be acknowledged, even though it was myself acknowledging myself. Like, like, yeah, there's a part of me that's doing this really hard work. And I know that they're trying to protect me. And then moving forward, you know, after I can show these parts and that part and other ones specifically that, you know, we are safe and I'm an adult now and I have more control over what's happening to us and, and you know, we don't have to be as afraid and we don't have to be walking on eggshells because I am the adult and I am in charge now. Um, a lot of these parts are from my childhood. They're arrested at a younger age because I had to grow up really fast. Um, and 
so it's, you know, this process is long, it's arduous, and it's going to take a lot of work. But the first step is just acknowledging and welcoming and saying thank you for the work that this part is doing, even if this part fucking frustrates the shit out of me, which it does, because I'm like, I wish I cared less. I wish that I knew how to take a step back. I wish that I could be less intense when it comes to work and just like be more go with the flow. It really frustrates me that I I can't operate like that. But I am still grateful for this part, for showing up and for taking care of me because that part showing up and doing what it's needed to is probably the part of me that helped me get through college, is probably one of the parts that helped me to graduate second in my class in high school, you know, is probably the part that helped me to deal with transferring high schools after freshman year um, and all of that sort of stuff. It's probably the part of me that helped me get through grad school. Um, so, you know, it's not just expressing the frustrations with these parts. Like, yes, that is a big part of this work. I'm sure you're sick of hearing me say the word parts because I definitely am sick of saying it, but it's a component of this work. You know, I have to get to learn these different pieces of myself and then, kind of work with them instead of against them to to see to see if I can get all of these pieces of me to work in harmony with each other and, and not be as polarized and be a little more regulated um and that was the thing too I think the the biggest takeaway from this so you know the part of me that's internalizing all of this, it's scary. It doesn't want to let go of control and it doesn't, and it wants to be in complete control. And, you know, that's something that we've never really had, but now I have, I have more control. You know, I'm able to, um, express my needs, express, express the things that I want, express, um, you know, the support that I need. And, um, you know, I have a little bit more freedom with the choices that I can make day to day. Obviously, you still, uh, even as an adult, can't make all the choices that you want to and can't do everything the way you want. There are things you have to accommodate and, and bend for here or there. But this part that feels the need to be so responsible to take all of this stuff on, it is doing so out of a desire for control, right? So in this situation where I have a manager and the ball is kind of in his court for helping to handle um this difficult personnel situation that I have, I don't have control. You know, I don't have control of this situation. I can't choose to fire this person by myself. Like there's things we have to do and, and processes we have to go through. And it's also a staffing issue. You know, if we get rid of this person, we're down a person and then I'm going to have to pick up the slack even more. And look, that's that part coming out right now. 
if we're down a person, it's my responsibility to pick up the slack. And yes, while I am the manager, it is my responsibility to keep the department running, but it is not my responsibility to pick up every shift that gets called out for or to pull doubles on days that we don't have coverage. Like I need to do the best that I can with what I'm given and then we'll figure it out from there. So this was a really hard session because, you know, I was already stressed, um, you know, and I think that speaks to as well how well this medication is working because normally I would have been in a ball crying on the floor, like freaking out way before I even got to therapy. Like it was just a few hiccups and getting to therapy and my phone died halfway through it overheated and then I couldn't text her or anything. So like, you know, I just sat there for a few minutes and you prior to this new medication, I would have been like full on panic mode, like 10 out of 10, like this is not okay. I was upset and I was crying a little bit, but it wasn't the end of the world. It was manageable. And so, like, that's a testament to this new medication working, and it's definitely doing something, right? Um, And, you know, the fact that I am able to be a little more relaxed and a little less intense and a little um, more open to talking to some of these parts and figuring out who they are and and where they reside and and what triggers them and and what pulls them out. Um, And one thing that my therapist said to me that just really struck me, and I don't know why it struck me, because again, like I said, I'm trying to do therapy and take notes and be present. Um, I wrote down that parts can help parts, but they can't heal parts. It is the self that heals the parts. And, you know, I, it it was just so profound to me because in that moment, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking about. But now when I reread that, I'm like, yeah, well, my inner critic probably helps this part in being like, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a bad boss. Like you're not going to be, you're going to suck at your job and nobody's going to want you and nobody will listen to you and, and you're going to lose your job and, and all of this sort of stuff to try to motivate me or that part to show up more. And that part, you know, might be trying to help that part and it might actually be hurting that part because it's putting more of a burden on that part. Um, but it was just like, it was a really profound moment And we ended the therapy session there and it was just really nice to like, I don't even know, to have (laughs) that, that, that revelation that like, it, it, I can do this healing. Like my parts don't need to take this on. I can help them to feel less responsible And they can help each other out. But in the end, it is my job to do the healing, the self. Um, I don't know. And that was really comforting to that part. Like to, it kind of was able to take a step back and be like, oh, okay. So this isn't my job. Like I don't have to do this all by myself. Um, You know, Lexi, the self is here to do that for us. 
Um, so yeah, that is, um, the, the gist of the therapy session. You know, I discovered a new part. I kind of talked to that part, welcomed it, um, accepted it into this, this family of parts that I have. Um, and now moving forward, we can start to kind of dig into, um, that part a little bit more and, and helping that part to unburden itself. And that's really exciting. And it's also really scary, but, uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, okay. So gratitude check for today. Um, you know, I am grateful that the busy season is over, um, and that I'm able to start taking a step back from work. The last two days I actually was able to leave early, um, which was really nice. I came home and, um, got some chores done and then was able to really sit down and relax for the whole evening. And I actually was feeling restless, um, and switching my hobbies because I was like, I'm not used to having this much time off in the afternoon at the end of the day. Um, so I'm grateful that things are starting to slow down, even if it feels a little too slow. Um, and that's a little triggering for one of my parts. I don't know who, but, uh, you know, they're having a really hard time with like not having work to do and like being allowed to be a human being and, and, and relax. Um, but yeah, so I'm grateful that things are slowing down a little bit at work so I can kind of get back to myself. Um, so with that, keep trying to get through the menti bees and keep crying in your shubbies. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. another episode you can find the show on social media on instagram and twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod and on facebook at crying and trying pod you can also find me personally on instagram and twitter at l-e-x-g-o-n-g-i-v-i-t-2-y-a underscore if you'd like to email the show feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to cryingandtryingpod at gmail.com. The best way for a small independent podcast like us to grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me a Coffee page where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.